here's my topic today. I'll go ahead and give you my, my subject. The title is Those Who Run Toward Danger. Those Who Run Toward Danger. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. <laughs> There's a very hesitant, that's me. You're like, I don't know if that is me. No, no, I, I really want you to say it. Somebody say, that's me. Yes, you run toward danger. And I'm going to explain it here in a moment. Could you throw the verse on the screen? Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run, somebody say run. Run that you may obtain it. Next verse. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath or a perishable prize. It, it goes away. But you and I, the Bible says, we run for something that is incorruptible. The prize that we get is going to last forever. Forever. It's not a trophy. It's not a wreath. It's not something that's just going to collect dust. But the Bible says that our treasures are stored up in heaven. You know what we're storing up in heaven? eternal prize eternal reward it's the reward that you receive when you run into a broken world and you share the gospel with somebody who needs to hear the good news man I feel the Holy Ghost here next verse says this so I do not run aimlessly I do not box as one that beats against the air but I discipline myself my body I keep it under control lest after preaching to others I might I myself might become KJV would say a castaway or disqualified. So today, you and I, we run. We run, and, and here's the bad news and the good news at the same time. We run toward danger. I want to talk about those who run toward danger. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for what we feel in this place. The presence of God is surely here with Stello Church today. I pray that this word would be a word for every person, every individual. I ask you, God, to work and to move on each of our hearts, each of our lives. Let us walk out of here uh, with a word from you that's applicable, that we can apply to our lives and use every single day. Uh, I pray even right now, God, for this sermon, for the altar that we'll have, and then also, God, for the meeting, uh, the dream team meeting that we'll have later today. Be with us in the name of Jesus, I pray it, amen and amen. Why don't you high-five your neighbor, tell them they look nice. Come on, tell them this is your chance. Say, you look really good today. You can be seated. Our nation's freedom was bought by those who made a decision. Their decision was to run toward danger. This weekend and this week, we celebrate Independence Day, and we remember that the freedom you and I enjoy has always come at a very, very steep price. Amen. And that price has always been purchased by those who were willing to run toward danger while others were running from danger. Not only is this true in the literal sense, and we give honor uh, to those who have fought for our freedom, but the ultimate freedom, spiritual freedom, Salvation, it was bought by a man who was willing to run toward danger. Christ bought our freedom by running toward a bloody, broken, and dangerous hill called Golgotha. The giveaway of the danger that Christ would face was in the meaning or is in the meaning of that word Golgotha. It literally means place of the skull. 
the danger of Calvary, the danger of the cross was so notorious that when Jesus spoke of it and told his disciples that he would be going in that direction, Peter, Jesus' main disciple, responded and said, Not so, Lord, be it far from thee. And Jesus looked back at Peter and said these words, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense. That is a strong response from Jesus towards his right-hand man. Jesus knew something that Peter did not know. It was this, that in order to have freedom, you have to be willing to run toward danger. My friends, that is the gospel, the good news. That the one who knew no sin, the one who had never felt the danger and the pain of sin itself, the sinless, spotless lamb of God offered himself up as a sheep in slaughter and said, I'm willing to go where I don't want to go. I'm willing to be broken. The chastisement of their sin is going to be upon me. Despite never having felt the guilt or the condemnation because being perfect in every way, he would not have to endure that. Jesus made a stalwart decision to step into harm's way and take on the pain and bear the cross so that you and I might have life. I wonder if there's anybody in this place today that can still get excited at the gospel, the good news that he who knew no sin became sin that I might have life. And where sin did abound, grace did much more abound in my life because there was one and there still is one whose name is Jesus who took on every shame and every pain that I would ever have to bear. Come on, do you know his name in this place? Could you speak the name of Jesus come on why don't you say that name right now why don't you say that name right now yes Jesus he ran toward the danger he ran into harm's way intentionally so that I might have life and he gave me the pattern in his death burial and resurrection that showed me what I could do to have eternal life. Friends, today in this room, whether you're a member or it's your first time, can I just give you a quick synopsis of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and what that pattern means to our lives. You and I in this room, we die, we run towards the danger of repentance. Someone who would be willing to say out loud, God, Take away my sin. I don't want to go in this direction anymore. And you and I are buried with Christ in baptism. Aren't you thankful that the last couple of weeks we've got to observe and watch as people have been baptized in the name of Jesus at Stello Church. Today, can I just tell you, you can be buried with Christ in baptism. The water is ready. You can take on his identity. That's not about church membership. That's not about being a part of Stello, that's about being a part of the body of Christ and knowing Him in baptism. And then, of course, we are raised to life again. We are resurrected by the power of the Spirit of God. This week, I uh, I was given the honor to uh, to preach at a youth camp. 
uh, it caused me, this will be the eighth time I've preached, or ninth time I've preached in seven days. And so uh, if my voice sounds a little tired, that's probably the reason why. But, but can I just tell you, I, I don't walk into this pulpit uh, just tired today. I walk in inspired because we were able to watch as I believe it was at least 10 or 11 young people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost this past week. And I was reminded it never gets old to watch anybody, whether young or old, stand with their hands lifted and receive the gift of the Spirit which is so freely given. That is an explanation of the good news of the gospel and what it means to you and I. And it is all bought because one man was willing to run toward the danger. But now the mission rests squarely upon our shoulders because you and I have been called to replicate the life of Christ and run toward the danger as well. But here's what we know danger does funny things to human beings. Uh, we're wired to avoid it. We've learned how to see it coming from a distance and do everything within our power to not have to face the danger that is in front of us. But somehow, many have managed to overcome that. One author wrote on the topic, it takes a certain type of person to run into danger while the rest run from it. Fear of danger is a human instinct, therefore the ability to suppress it is superhuman. To suppress the fear is superhuman. When we flick the light switch, we expect lights to come on and we don't give it a second thought. When we call 911 in an emergency, we don't give it a second thought. Take a moment to think about yourself and what you have chosen to do in life. We live in a free country and our opportunities are unparalleled. But would you run into a burning home to rescue a stranger? Would you kick down a door to stop the sale of drugs in your city? Would you go to a foreign country to battle terrorism so that they can't bring the war to your family right here in America? Would you climb a telephone pole in the storm to reconnect a high voltage electrical line or go into a dark manhole to repair a gas line? You have made your choice, the columnist wrote, and that is fine. Most people have decided that they're not interested or capable of doing dangerous things, but thankfully, you and I have those around us who are willing to do dangerous things. Without their courage, most people would be dead or on their way to death. I, I know this is different, but for every first responder, for everyone that is willing to make that sacrifice, for even those who have given the ultimate sacrifice of their life, could we give them a hand clap of appreciation here as we celebrate our independence this week. Thank you to our first responders. I agree with the author. Most of us are not capable of being first responders. But spiritually, what if I told you that Christ is calling you to do the opposite of what every fiber of your being tells you to do? To go against your instincts, to push past your inhibition. To press forward despite the hesitation and to step out into the unknown and dangerous places of your life. And what if I told you that this call is for every single child of God. Every one of us who would call themselves Christ followers. It's perfectly encapsulated in this uh, Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. This verse, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said this. If you have it, you can throw it on the screen. Behold! I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That does not feel like good news, does it? 
I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Can I just tell you, uh, I, I, I really get a kick out of mascots in college athletics. You know, you've got the Wolverines. Come on, that's a good one right there. You've got all these people that choose different big animals, the bears, you know, the lions. And then you've got, like, people in Ohio, they're like, the Buckeyes. Like, what is a Buckeye? It's a nut on a tree, you know. It's like, who's going to fight the Wolverines? We're going to take them out, the Buckeyes. You know, it's like, man, that is not. I want something intimidating. If Jesus was going to choose a Christian mascot, I would have preferred it not to be a sheep. Like, could we, could, we, could we rethink this? Maybe you could make us the pterodactyls or something, something big, you know? I want to be something strong. He's like, no, let me tell you what you are. You replicate what I am, and you are sheep among wolves. And that's where he said, that's why you've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I am sending you out. Do you know what this word send is rendered as in the Greek? Are you ready for this? Stello. Hmm. The identity of our church is encapsulated right here in a verse where it seems like we are weak, frail, and broken. Jesus looked and he said, hey, I'm going to stello you into the world. And it's not going to be easy. No, you're going to be sheep running toward danger. You're going to be people who make a decision that despite opposition, you've got your, your gate is straight. You've made, a, you've made a decision that despite the pressure, I will press forward knowing that there are wolves out in this broken world. I remember, um, I want to make a very quick announcement to the church. Uh, I'm excited because October 8th, we're celebrating five years. How many is excited about five years of being a church? One of those wolves felt like it was COVID, and uh, we survived it. Not only did we survive it, we're thriving right now. Amen. Somebody, God is good, faithful. And on October 8th, I'll make, this is the announcement. You all knew we were turning five, but we have finally been able to nail down and schedule uh, Pastor Adam Hunley on October 8th. Adam Hunley, many of you don't know who that is. Let me just tell you. Uh, Adam has recently, uh, before I probably would not have even been able to tell you this, but now, um, because of his ministry change and position change, I can talk more about it. But, but Pastor Adam is, uh, is a powerful minister, anointed of God. But part of him and his family's calling is that he has been a missionary to many, many countries who um, are very much in opposition to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very dangerous places. In fact, uh, he is the director of what you would call Access Challenge Nations, a regional director. He coordinates missions trips. He goes, he goes places that he won't even text to me and tell me. Also, by the way, today in our business meeting, uh, we're going to be talking uh, about him being one of our apostolic overseers here at our church. So I'm excited about that as well. So we've got a great covering here at Stello Church. I remember, though, um, God was, was uh, a few years ago before we started the church. It was just months before we started the church. God dropped this word Stello into my spirit. Now, can I just tell you, before you name a church Stello, you better believe it's from God. You know what I'm saying? You better make sure you know. And, uh, and I was wrestling with this. In fact, I'd come to my father, another one of those overseers of our church, and aren't you thankful for this man of God and the ministry of covenant life in Stello Church? We love them and give them honor. But I was wrestling with this. I was talking to my dad. I was getting nothing but support, but we wanted to move forward in the identity of our church with surety. And, uh, and it just so happened that I had not been around Pastor Adam in many years, but we were attending 
uh, the same funeral. A family member had passed away that was mutual, and, uh, and I hadn't seen him in many years. And I remember there was an immediate connection with this man. He had left uh, the, the foreign country he was in to be at this funeral, I'm sure jet-lagged. And I'm not lying. This is so, it was so God. And some of you are going to remember this story and smile. So God. I'm standing there. Uh, we had just, we had just, it was Ma Hunley, uh, like a grandmother to me. And we had just buried Ma, and we were standing there uh, at that funeral. And he walked up to me, and he said, Devin, I want to ask you a question. I'm not lying. I'm here in the midst of wrestling with this church member. Do you know what Stello means? He expected me to say no. I said, well, in fact, I do know what Stello means. And it's as if he didn't even hear me. He said, let me tell you what Stello means. So I listened. You know what I listened to this man of God do without even realizing, without knowing our plans? He began to explain to me the vision of our church. It was such a spiritual, powerful affirmation from heaven. I remember standing there and saying, God, you have put an identity on Stello Church. Stello, can I tell you, Matthew 10 and 16 is the identity in many ways of our church. He is sending us out with purpose. And yes, the world may be dangerous and culture may be in opposition to the gospel. But can I just preach to you one more time and tell you that nothing is going to stop the good news of Jesus Christ from spreading like a wildfire. And if we did not believe that, we would not have even started this church. But what we believe is what the prophet Joel spoke of and what Peter repeated when he said, thus say the Lord in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh I'm telling you there's going to be prophecy there's going to be dreams we're going to see visions God is going to pour out his spirit and you know what he's going to do he's going to use willing vessels who are willing to be sent with purpose hey I run towards the danger. I know the world doesn't love it. I realize that there's wolves in sheep's clothing. I realize there's opposition. But put the word of God in my hand. I've made a decision. I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to go forth. I'm going to tell people about what Jesus has done for me. I'm going to open up this word. And I'm going to say, hey, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Can I just tell you, God's about to send people out into this world. We're going to watch as he adds to the church daily. Let me just prophesy over Stello Church for a moment. The waters of baptism are going to continue to be stirred. He's going to send hungry people. He's going to send the broken. And he's going to send us out to go and to get them. We're supposed to be in this community. Do you know that? Stello Church is supposed to be in this community. It's not by accident. I want you to remember the moments just like that, standing in of all the most unlikely places beside a grave and hearing a man of God confirm what God had spoken over us. We could give you instant after instant where God confirmed his word, and I've come to tell you today, I know it's a simple message, but we run towards danger because we know who we are. We have been called by God according to his purpose. I feel that so strong in the spirit today. God has something powerful for you. He's put the word in your hand. In fact, let me just take a moment and tell you that the Bible says that we are not running without direction. We are not running just arbitrarily. We are running because our feet have been shod or prepared with the 
this, this peace, this gospel is what the Bible says. We are what Paul would say to Timothy, always ready to give an account for the hope that is within us. You know, today God has placed the gospel in your hands. He's given you running shoes. Anybody ever tried to run in the wrong shoes? It's the worst. It's the worst. Some of you ladies in this room, you have heels. And I'm just going to tell you, if, if some sort of apocalyptic event happens, and I turn around and you still got those heels on, I love you, but your boy's gone. If a bear is chasing us, you can leave the heels on. Because I just got to be faster than you, not the bear. The Bible says that the whole armor of God encompasses the child of God from head to toe. We got the helmet of salvation. We got a breastplate of righteousness. You know the pieces of this armor are for spiritual warfare and they are powerful. But the direction that we walk in has been prepared with the gospel of peace which is upon our feet. So everywhere that we go, we are sent forth with purpose. Yes, we may be sheep. We may be walking among the wolves. But we have been filled with the power of the spirit of God. And yes, you know what the Bible says? Not many wives have been called. Not many rich have been chosen. You look and the, and the world says, well, that's just kind of a, a meager church, kind of a small church. Kind of a, You're telling me that's what's going to change the world? You're telling me that sheep are going to make an impact and a difference? Absolutely. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. And there is a purpose and a call upon everyone's life in this room. And so, yes, we run toward the danger. And can I just tell you, there is a temptation to have cheap substitutes for the gospel. When you're a sheep, you try to defend yourself in every way you can. You think, man, maybe I'll just dress up like a wolf. You mean, I've heard of a, uh, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. What about, what about a sheep in wolf's clothing? We'll just act like the world. We'll just pretend to be like the world. And what will happen is then the world won't treat us like sheep. If the world's not treating you like a sheep, you need to check your identity. If they're not salivating when they see the church, if they don't smell and go, smells like lunch. We are as, we are as sheep to the slaughter, offered up as sacrifice. You look at the original book of Acts church. And you know what caused its effectiveness? It was on the foundation of the spilled blood of the martyrs who were willing to give all. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that they love not their lives unto death. We're sheep. And we say, God, it's a dangerous world. But we're willing to go anyway. We're willing to plant more churches. You know that not, there's not anything that fails more. There's, actually, there's one thing. I'm lying. There's two things that fail most. You know what they are as far as business ventures go? The first is bars. I'm not planning on starting a bar. I don't know about you. If you are, come talk to me. Hopefully, I can talk you out of it. But there's a second thing, statistically speaking. The second thing is churches. At least they balance each other out a little bit. We're not in a business that somebody would sit down across a desk and say, hey, this is a good investment. 
No trending-wise, if you looked at the way that the world is moving, we are moving in a direction that people would say, man, that's not very wise to start something new. I thought you wanted to be successful. I thought you wanted to be celebrated. You're going to be a sheep among wolves if you start a church. You know what's so audacious about us? We love what God has done here. We think it's going to expand and keep going. We run towards danger. But what's just so crazy about us is we don't want to just start one church, but we want God to grow this church, and then we want to send out more and start more churches. Why? Because I know that the world would say it's a bad investment or it's dangerous, but God has called us to this purpose. And as crazy as it may seem, He will take the blood and the sacrifice and the pain of someone who is willing to go in despite their inhibition in a direction of danger, and He will give them revival. Stello Church, we have been called for such a time as this. And you know what I say to you? I'm so glad that you're here and maybe you're like, I just want to be a part of a small church. Well, guess what? You are. But here's the bad news. You're on the ground floor of what's going to be a very large movement right here in the triangle area because God is going to multiply because there's people who are willing to go. And I wonder if there's anybody in this room that would answer that call today and say, God, here am I. Send me. Stello me. Send me forth. If that's your prayer, I wonder if there's somebody that would just open up their arms and their heart, lift them to heaven and begin to lift your voice and say, God, I receive that word. I receive that mission. I receive that vision for my life. I'll go. Send me. Send me. I'm almost finished. But there's no cheap substitute for what God has given us. I read an interesting article. The article was this. This is what the the first line says. A gun won't give you courage. The columnist would say, uh, go on to highlight the fact that many first responders have been under scrutiny in the last few years. Body cameras on police officers have revealed that many officers are at times stifled by confusion and even crippled by fear. Can easily emerge in moments of emergency. Even for a police officer, they're still human beings. The article highlights that simply putting a gun in the hands of someone does not give them the courage to run toward danger. In fact, in order to have courage, in order to have courage to run toward danger, here's what we found. One must practice. One must train themselves to get used to danger. The exposure to danger is the only way to build resilience to the danger itself. We know this is true because research on exposure therapy shows us that the fear of danger is not overcome in one spontaneous moment. Throwing someone in the deep end, so to speak, actually doesn't work. In fact, throwing someone in the deep end proverbially and literally can actually cause them to have phobias. But incrementally exposing yourself to the thing that scares you the most is what will cause you to inch forward in your progress toward the dangerous things in life. Just taking the next step. In fact, there's a really interesting uh, study by a famous psychologist uh, who talked about, uh, who studied modeling. Bendura was the last name. Bendura 
uh, actually took folks and he would put them in an interesting situation. They, uh, they would have many phobias, but one specifically was the phobia of snakes. Can somebody say amen? So people that had a phobia of snakes, and I'm not talking about afraid. If you're not afraid of a snake, we need to pray for you for the opposite reason. But they were petrified. I'm talking about snakes would cause them to, to, to not even be able to move. Mendora brought a group in. And what he did is he told them. They were privy to this. But he told them, what's about to happen is we're bringing in actors. And actors are going to come in and these actors are going to pretend that they're afraid of these snakes. And the actors would come in while the people that actually had the phobia of the snakes would watch. They would watch these actors walk up to the glass that the snake was in. And they would go, wow, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. But then the actors would begin to act out overcoming their fear. And they would finally reach into the glass and then they would reach back out. All the while... The folks that actually had the fear of the danger, the phobia, were observing, knowing that these were actors. Finally, you can guess what would happen. They would progress to the end of the experiment, and those actors that pretended to be afraid would actually now be holding and, and, and handling that snake with uh, seemingly overcoming their fear. So they measured, the not the actors, but the actual folks with the phobia. They measured their progress. And would you believe that there was a significant improvement in their fear just because they had watched someone in front of them model overcoming fear. Just because they were exposed to someone who was willing to do something that seemed dangerous. Your willingness to run towards danger, to reach a lost world, to stand up for your faith, to preach the gospel, to be a family member of conviction, even when surrounded by other family members who don't have conviction, can actually inspire somebody who is watching you to take their first step toward overcoming danger. Can I tell you, we can put a gun in your hand. We can throw some cheap substitute at you, but that's not what's actually going to cause you to overcome danger. What's going to cause you to overcome your fear is not some cheap substitute, but is when you actually get this in your life for yourself and you see the people around you being moved by the Holy Ghost. I realize today that there are many in this room that are probably telling themselves, oh, I just don't know if that's me. I don't know if I'll be able to make an impact. You listen to Pastor right now. You all, every single person under the sound of my voice has been called by God to run into a dangerous world and to make a big difference difference. And can I just tell you the promise that he gives each one of us is that despite we being sheep, we are going to have the presence of God surrounding us the entire time. Let me just give you what Jesus said in Luke 24 and 46 and he said unto them after he had opened their understanding, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Watch this. And you, somebody say me. Somebody say me. 
and you are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high he would fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost there as they were waiting in that upper room and he would make it clear to them that the reason they were being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost was not just for personal enjoyment was not just so that they could be maybe among the elite so to speak no that's not what this is about the reason they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is so that they could go into their world and be witnesses for Jesus Christ you want to know why he's endued you with power from on high so that you can run towards the danger without fear and say God I don't have a cheap substitute I have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost so Lord make me effective among my family members make me effective among my peer group God this I said it earlier today the reason why Stello Church is able to make an impact in this community is not because of the music is not because of the great signage not because of the great location but the reason why we are who we are is because we have been endued with power from on high he's filled us man Yes, we say it. Would you stand with me? I feel the Holy Ghost. Embrace the difference to be the difference. Embrace the difference of God's word so that you can be the difference in your world. Every single one of us has been called to run towards danger. I need some help. I'm about to end this sermon, but I need some help. Anybody in this room wouldn't mind helping me? We're tennis shoes to church today. You're not about to get called out, I promise you. Come on, any of you young men, any of you Jet. Jet, your name's your name is Jet, bro. This is perfect. Somebody give Jet a hand. Actually, Jet, here's what I'm gonna have you do. Well, first of all, I gotta ask you some questions. Here's the first thing. Are you fast? Bible says, it says that in the last days, God would pour his spirit out on all flesh. I believe these are the last days. Do you believe that? I'm serious. I really, more than ever before, I believe Jesus is coming back. And as scary as the world is, as dangerous as it is, as many wolves as there are, it's in those days that he would pour his spirit out on all flesh. And he's called us to run. And he's given us what we're supposed to run with. This gospel is in our hands. Do you know that in a race, a relay race, that the very last runner is called the anchor runner? And the anchor runner is the fastest, most effective runner in the entire race. I know you're looking at the church and you say, really, is this the church that... Absolutely. This is the last day, church. And we are equipped for this time, this season, these end times. God did not make a mistake when he called you. God did not make a mistake when he called me. God did not make a mistake when he planted this church in this time. He put this in our hands and he said, hey, run with it. Run towards danger. Jet, I want you to stand right here at the bottom of that stair. Jet's got his, he's got his gospel shoes on. Come on, somebody. He's got, can you run in those? You said you're fast. All right, you've got this in your hand. Here's what I want you to do. You got it? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to jet, okay? I want you to run. And I want to see how quick you can get it from this stair to that stair, back to this stair. You ready? Oh, you got to get in that runner's position. Come on, somebody. Give it up for me. 
This is our anchor runner. This is our next generation. This is your kids. This is my kids. This is Stello Church. This is a church whose average age is still in its 20s. This is a church that's going, Jet, one, two, three, go. This is the church that God has called us to be. This is the church that God, go ahead, Jet, keep running. That's the anchor runner. That's pretty good. You think you can do it faster? Come on, pick it up. Pick up the word, man. Pick up the word. All right, you ready? One, two, three, go. Hit it, Jet. There we go. Y'all give it up for Jet. Thank you. You can lay the Bible right there. Thank you, Jet. It's not a mistake. This is for such a time as this. He's called you. He's called our children. He's calling your family. If you're new here, you're supposed to be here. You're a part of the anchor running generation. This is why God has called you here. For a purpose, for a reason. And yes, it's going to be dangerous. You know how dangerous it's going to be? Your kids might even be called to the mission field. Get ready. It might be your boy or your girl up here preaching the word before you know it. But that's why we are here. We are here because we have been called by God for this reason. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up the word. And I'm going to run where he's called me to run. I'm going to be who he's called me to be.